Welcome to another edition of Off the Bench. Zach Rosen here with Jacob Rame, Jeremy Hyman, and Chris Gehring. We are fresh off a win Sunday night in Toronto over the Raptors. We have a very special guest for you coming up later in this podcast, an interview with ESPN's The Jump, Rachel Nichols. Uh, she talked about growing up in D.C. Um, with the Bullets and the Wizards and, of course, a little Wall and Beal best backcourt talk and some general NBA thoughts. Um, but before we get to Rachel, we're going to break down the win over the Raptors. We'll, you know, graze by the win uh, that LeBron delivered for the Cavs on Friday night, which was a great game, but one of one of the, the better performances you'll see in the NBA. It was I th- probably the best individual performance I've seen by any player. Against the Wizards. In my, in, just in person in, in my person, life. In person, yeah. It, it was a special, yeah, special game. Make, he's just making shots that a lot of people can't make. Um, but guys, I think I want to just open this show up with Bradley Beal, who is probably the hottest player in the NBA in the last week, arguably. James Harden had a great game yesterday as well, but I mean, Bradley Beal's been dropping 38 a game in his last three games. Chris, you were in Toronto. Yeah. Let's get your thoughts. Yeah. He, he, I mean, we talked ahead of this season about how we expected him to be an all-star and now we're watching that play out, I think on a nightly basis. Most importantly, last night in Toronto for Brad, obviously being without John, that that's that's obviously a motivator for him to to take take control, be the go-to scorer, handle the ball a lot more, which I thought was something that was good to see from him. Just just that he can do it, he can win games that way. Um, Otto hit big shots as well, but one of the things that Coach, excuse me, Coach Brooks mentioned after the game last night was. The fact that when you're on the road in a tough building like Toronto, where you know momentum can be fragile, Otto and Brad, and specifically Brad, they hit a lot of big shots at those really critical moments where it could have turned for Toronto. And you know, Brad scored a ton of points. He was in a rhythm all night, but specifically hitting those shots that you want your stars to be able to step up and hit at critical times when the game's kind of teetering and you're on the road and then things are are on the verge brad and and otto too but specifically brad um in toronto didn't let it get past that point he he took control he hit big threes he got to the basket he hit free throws you know everything that he's been focusing on really came through and and that's been happening in these last three games and it's really, really, it's really awesome to see. It's it's what we expected, and I think what he expected from himself, and what Coach Brooks expected this season. But he's really, really playing well, and you can tell that he's playing with a swagger. He's playing with confidence, and that's what this team needs, especially with without John Wall. Right. And last night, for those who haven't heard, John Wall missed last night's game with a shoulder sprain. There's uh, nothing too concerning long term. More precautionary. Um, Clearly, the Wizards felt they could win this game without him, and they did. Um, but we're expecting him to be well, back whether they very thought soon. they could win it or not without him is irrelevant. You know, his his long term health is far more important right. than any one game on the schedule, especially in these uh, eighty two game seasons and the playoffs. Hopefully, on the horizon. Um, but going back to Friday, guys, the atmosphere was great here. I mean, really, if LeBron doesn't hit maybe four of those turnaround jumpers, the Wizards could have stole that game late. Beal had a a monster game. Um, Otto showed up and really played well. Markeith Morris' return to the lineup was huge. 
what were your takeaways outside of LeBron from Friday about you know the kind of the state of the top of the East? It was. It's just. It's another one of those games. It's like it just creates the narrative that just with everything that went into that game, it was the nationally televised game. You know, ESPN was here. Brad and John made those comments, which kind of got the internet buzzing before the game about you know who's the best in the East. Which, I mean. I like we talked about this with Rachel as you'll hear on the pod I mean it's all fun like it's I, it's not that I mind it or like but sometimes people take that stuff a little bit over the top like who really cares I mean sure they think they're the best like why not why not why not think they're the best and if they do and you know I, I guess it's just at this point of the season like who cares like you got to go out and do it one way or the other I don't I mean all that kind of talk it just creates headlines and you know, a lot of retweets and a lot of buzz, which I don't think is a bad thing. It, you know, it creates some storylines. And then, of course, LeBron goes out, scores 57, and kind of, you know, so then the, the story after that is, you know, LeBron heard those comments, and now he has to show show that this is still his Eastern Conference and that the Cavs are still the team to go through, which, I mean, that, that, that fit the narratives, and that's how it, it all played out. And now even when after the Wizards won Sunday, I still saw that, that commentary about, you know, good win for the Wizards, but, you know, Cleveland lost to Atlanta, who I believe is still in last place in the East at home. And, but, there's, but it's still going to be when Cleveland wants to turn it on like they do in the playoffs, and we've seen it year after year, they're still the team to beat. So just getting that out of the way. Um, in terms of the actual game Friday, uh, yeah, I mean, the Wizards missed a handful of free throws. John, I think, missed seven of them. Um, y- you could always play the what-if games. I mean, things, obviously, if LeBron, you know, isn't ridiculously hot hitting fadeaway jumpers, like, uh, I mean, I've I've seen him play a ton live. I've seen him play a ton of games on in the playoffs, hundreds of games probably at this point. And uh, the only one, the, the game that it reminds me of was that game in Boston. Uh, what year was that? 2011? Yeah, I think when 2011. With Miami? Yeah. yeah. Uh, when they, their season was on the line and he went and scored like 45 something ridiculous. Yeah. And, yeah. That, and when he was hitting shots in that game, I remember thinking the same thing. Like, you just, there's no stopping this. Yeah. Like, there's absolutely nothing to do. And the Wizards tried everything. They tried, I think, every defender on their team. I don't think it mattered. We just kept looking at each other and being like, that's not defensible. They, I yeah. mean, they sent some double teams at him. They actually got him to miss a couple late at the very end. Yeah. Um, but see, yeah. So they crashed on the double teams. Yeah, yeah. And it was just, they just, you know, it just was a little bit too late. And, a li- you know, that giving up 130 points was just too much. And, uh, you know, that was something I thought was better Sunday. I mean, Toronto didn't play great, but uh, they played, the Wizards played a much better defensive game. Um, sometimes when you're without your star like that, you don't have John. It fo- it forces everyone else to sort of get a little bit more focused. So, thought that was a that was a positive from Sunday. Um, but I completely agree with that. I thought that you know role players stepped up. Tim know. Frazier eight assists. Um, Tim Frazier looked really yeah, good and Tim. got praise and got a lot of praise from his teammates. Yep, and and Coach Brooks as well. Um, yeah, he did all the things that we expected him to do. Yeah, it was you know it was nice to see that because then you think you don't you don't have to rely on John to give you the you know forty minutes a night to carry you. I mean at times they might have to for some of the games, but you can go to a guy like Tim for to play a game like that, and that's what they needed. 
and that's that's very encouraging to see at this point of the season and as we talked about off the top but with Bradley Beal again with John in there he was scoring 40 this week and now John's out and he steps it up plays an all-around game and I I just I mean I guess I'm not that surprised like it's We've I've watched Beal since his rookie year. I've seen him go through stretches like this before. So I know he's never made the All-Star team and now the big thing is like obvious, you know, he's making his push for the All-Star team. I think we all thought that coming into this year. I obviously what well, we don't think he's going to score 38 a night or really something that close to it, but I'm not surprised to see him go on stretches where he could play, you know, five or six games putting up these kind of numbers and he's cuz he does it so easily now. He's a complete two guard. He's not just a shooter. He's getting to the line. He's getting to the basket. He's scoring in the mid range. He's hitting, you know, he actually started the season. He wasn't shooting the three pointer as well as he had been. And he's scoring in other ways, which is even better. But uh, I know we've kind of gone all over the place here. But um, I mean, I don't think it's really like, is Brad going to be an all star now? I mean, he's. It's if he keeps playing anything close to this level, it's almost going to be an automatic. Yeah, no question. Some numbers on Bradley Beal, as you mentioned, the shooting hasn't been there maybe as much as people had liked. He's been heating up recently, but among guards in the NBA, he's first in the NBA in scoring when he goes to the rim. He scores on almost 90% of his drives, which means he scores a basket or goes to the free throw line, and he's first by a mile in the NBA around the rim in scoring. In fact, he's made 18 of his last 22 shots around the rim which is just for a guard is pretty pretty ridiculous so he's gotten so good at that remember when he was just a shooter well i mean early in his career that's all they kept telling him was you know go to the basket more and you look at him now like he 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 can create his own shot he can do it all yeah he's he's i think that's where we've seen him make his biggest growth is just his ability to get to the rim and get you know finish tough baskets around the rim those tough layups where you have to take on some contact or change your you know change your angle a little bit and he's finding ways to finish um that's that's huge especially the way the games played today you need guys like that you need to get guys that can get buckets like that and i think well, i just can't imagine how much better he could be from here Right. Another guy who stepped up last night uh, in Wall's absence was Otto Porter. He had 19 points. I mean, I, I feel like every day we just say Otto Porter steps up. People don't realize it. Game high, plus 17 on the floor, 33 minutes. I feel like every pod now we just laud Otto yeah. and how much better and, he's getting. And who he guarded this almost the entire game was DeMar DeRozan, who was had the spotlight on him, especially after Lowry got tossed in the second quarter. Um, DeRozan was love the, love the kiss the baby thing. <laughs> yeah. Give the kids a kiss. Yeah, on the you got to you got to walk out proud. Uh, DeRozan was eight of twenty one from the field. He had twenty six points, got to the line twelve times, but at the same time, Otto only had two fouls and guarded him almost the entire game. I mean, his I think Otto has just gotten so good at utilizing his length that now that he, when he defends the perimeter, it's it's so hard to to a get by him, get a pass by him, dribble. Uh, dribble around him and shoot over him i mean having him guard the wings and we've even seen him play a little bit of the five recently he's just become this all-around strong defender that the wizards maybe might not have seen coming but he's he's been excellent yeah it's the next it's kind of like the next thing about Otto that nobody saw coming and i feel like there's a lot there's a lot in that category i think a lot of people have been surprised by his offensive development 
I think now people will probably be surprised to know that he's a really, really good defender for this team. And I, I mean, period, not just for this team, but Otto's Otto's learning to use his length for for really every on every on both ends of the floor. He can create havoc in passing lanes. He's if it's if it's possible to become more automatic for from like those those little mid-range baseline jumpers that he can sneak into spots for. I think he's done that too. It just seems like now if he's open at all, it it just it's it's game over. It's like a warm-up jumper. And I mean, I was watching him and I was watching him warm up last night in Toronto and obviously warm-up jumpers are warm-up jumpers. There's nobody defending you. There's less pressure, but I mean, I can probably count on one hand the amount of times he missed going around around the entire court. It's just it's his shot is so is so locked in right now. And that's, that's the other thing I was going to say about Bradley Beal too. I'm not a I'm not a basketball coach, but his shot is is just so smooth. There's so little that can go, you know, awry. There's nothing really. There's no hitch in it or anything like that. And so when he gets space now, he's just so comfortable. And he's one of those guys that he's just going to – chances are he's going to score. What's crazy – I'm going back to Otto really quickly. What's crazy about Otto right now is that he's putting up these numbers and doing it all on such a low usage percentage. Right. He's only – he's only his usage is only 17%. Yeah. And that's – I mean, for a guy that's – you know, as a tr- he's, he's got Can a he's true – explain sh- usage to some of our listeners that aren't familiar with those terms? Oh, yeah, usage is when uh, – is basically when you're on the court, what percentage of possessions you're the guy taking the shot, um, and so um, to average almost 20 points a game on 17 percent usage. That's I mean 17 percent usage is is is, ro- is a role is a role player, but 20 points per game is a star. Yeah. So I right. mean, he's incredibly efficient. He's so efficient. He never turns the ball over. Among players that are averaging 30 minutes a night. He's turns the ball over the lowest percentage in the league. He has six turnovers all season. Six turnovers all season. More than six. Nine. <laughs> he missed one, but I mean, he had forty-four turnovers last season in, and had over a thousand points. I mean, you're right. It, it, the evolution. He's so smart with the ball. Yeah. He's so efficient. He's just such a perfect complement to Wall and Beal. And mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I think that you know, I. Players during their players during their first campaign where they're all star worthy have a tendency to get overlooked, and I'm a little bit worried about that for him when we get to all star time. But his numbers are going to put him right in the mix. Yeah, that's that's why it's with every you know the thing is like getting Beal to the all star game. I think that you know, granted he stays healthy, I think he's almost a lock this year. Mm-hmm. I think Otto is going to be the one that's going to be right on the fence. You know, kind of how Beal has been the last few right, years. Right, and that's what I'm saying is that you know this will be the year maybe that yeah. unfortunately could be the year that Otto's on the fence, and then we right. look next and, year and we say, okay, this year he's a lock. It, and it is hard to get three players into the game. I don't think the team we've done it since the 70s. Uh, did, I think it was like, the, with, like Elvin. The was the it? Karan oh, we, I think the coach went that year because it was wasn't it Anton. Gilbert, I don't think they all three. I made don't think. It. I think it's I think the seventies. Made it, and it was like Eddie Jordan back, made like it. Elvin West time. Okay, that I know we had a Bobby handful B. of guys go that year. I believe it was in Vegas. I want to say the mid two thousands. We'll have to check that. I'll have to check with our statistician on that. But, uh, but that would be Aaron Jenkins. That would be wild if uh, you know getting three players in there. I mean, it also is going to depend on how the team's doing. Uh, if the Wizards are at the top of the East, you could make yeah. a better case for that. If the Wizards are not at the top of the East at the time voting is in about a month, um, 
you're going to have a very hard time getting, you know, three guys. Yeah, I mean, it's like that Hawk situation where they were just so dominant and they got four guys. Yeah, Basically because they were were playing such great team basketball and they just took everybody. Totally unique. uh, Yeah, totally unique situation like that. And that's... uh, you know, but 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 the point the point all the wizards care about is how Otto is fitting in on this team, and that's what it's just so perfect to have him be the be the third guy, because you just think about his skill set, his game, how he fits in with this team. You, you know, I don't. You know, I'm just just throwing this out there, but you threw out threw out guys like in the past who were like, would you you know swap Otto and let's say Carmelo Anthony, who was not really rumored here but just guys someone threw out when the Knicks were looking to trade him just say for you know for hypothetical for stupid sports talk which this is sort of an example (laughs) except it's smart sports talk um like I I just think that Otto's game fits with this team a lot more than a guy like Carmelo Anthony's would and you know a guy that does need the ball more in his hands and he's you know Carmelo is one of the best scorers of our generation but I don't know if he would fit in the same way like how Otto does. He's not scoring 20 points a game on the mm-hmm. same usage rate that Otto is. We know that. Um, so that's why it's just it's not why it's not always you know it's not. I don't want to say fantasy basketball, but you need you need the right pieces. It's not just throwing the the best guys or the most talented guys all together. It's the right the right fit and I think Otto is the perfect fit to be the third guy right now on this team and he's so far he's proving that. So numbers on Otto, 18.3 points, 6.9 rebounds per game. He's fifth in the NBA in mid-range shooting, sixth in the NBA in three-point percentage. Once again, he's only he's taking less than 13 shots per game and scoring over 18 a game, uh, less than a turnover a game in there as well. Uh, another still, guy still leads the NBA in steals. Uh, he's I think he's second or third now oh. uh, after last night. Sorry, Otto. It's okay. He'll he'll still be at the top. Uh, another guy I wanted to mention. That, that we've seen play the last couple games now he's back is Keith Morris. Uh, what have you guys made of how he's looked? Um, he's played, I think, about 14 and 17 minutes or something like that uh, in his return. We're expecting him to you know get more ramped up, good good homestand coming up for him to, to get active again in the offense. Yeah, I mean, I think Keith's been a little rusty. I think he would tell you that as well. But... I mean, he look. He looks got to the line really well last night. Yeah, eight yeah. free throws. He's still he's still super aggressive. He's still exactly what the Wizards need in those smaller lineups, and I think he'll be just fine. I mean, they're just you know he he'll lock in his range from from mid range and um, and be able to to take guys on in the post, and I think he'll be just fine. It's a limited sample size, but last night was a good game for him. Um, obviously, the focus was on Brad Beal and, and Otto, but Keith looked good last night. Played really well in, in some important minutes on a road game. That that's um, everything you want to see from him, I think. And I, I thought uh, Gortat had some really key stretches in the fourth quarter last night. I think when he checked in with about seven minutes left, and the the Wizards went on like a 10-0 run, which. You know, he didn't have everything to do with, but he set some big screens, drew some fouls, um, got some rebounds, had another double double. Yeah. He's just the machine. Yeah. And I know that those screen assists uh, help him sleep at night. So <laughs> it was good to see him uh, get involved, yeah. uh, especially because he didn't get to play late in the game against Cleveland, considering LeBron was the tallest player on the court most of the game. So, it, I mean, it made sense for him to, to not see the floor in the fourth, but I, I thought he was really effective against the Raptors late in the game 
Uh, so is kids. We've got four straight home games coming up against the Mavericks tomorrow, Tuesday. The Lakers are here Thursday. The Hawks are here Saturday. And then the Kings are here on Monday. Uh, two of these teams we have already seen on the road out west. But we will preview uh, tomorrow's matchup with the Mavericks here right now. The Mavericks come into D.C. with a 1-10 record. Um, you could say they're struggling. They're struggling a little bit. Uh, they do have seven guys who score in, in double figures. Um, I would say that this team is not very efficient from the field. And uh, what, what are they shooting this year? They're not shooting good. 42% from the field. Okay, uh, that but, probably needs to improve. But, you know, they're, they've kind of been like that the last couple seasons where they struggle to score but their defense is, I think, a little underrated. They are one in ten in a tough West. But what a well, who do we need to watch from this team I'll, before uh, another Suns incident happens? Yeah, well, that's that's all you need to look at. I mean, I don't, you know, they're an NBA team. They have NBA players. Barnes, Smith, Matthews. I mean, yeah, yeah Dirk. They, a lot of that. They've got some good players. I mean, they're not playing well right now, obviously. But uh, look what. You just look at the Suns game. I mean, that that game alone, you could just look at that game for almost the whole season, point to that game, and take every team that comes in here. You just you can't you can never just go out and think this is an automatic win. I mean, look at what Cleveland's doing at home right now, letting Brooklyn and Atlanta come in and beat them on their own court. I mean, I think that says enough that you just you never know in the NBA today what's going to happen. Uh, I looked this up yesterday. And I just don't have it in front of me. I believe Dallas has won like 10. I think 12 of 13. Yeah, so I was going to say 10 out of 11 against the Wizards Yeah, and a lot in D.C. I mean, they have they have owned the Wizards over the last, shoot, I don't know, eight, nine yeah. years. Yeah. Wild. Um, yeah. I mean, it's pretty certainly wild. with Dirk, you know, Dirk as a veteran, they have completely had the Wizards over. Here you number. go. Dallas has defeated Washington eight consecutive times in D.C., yeah. The longest current home losing streak for the Wizards. Dallas has won 15 of the last 17 games in the series. Yeah, pretty amazing. But yeah, it's, it's time to uh, it's time but, to get them back tomorrow, yeah, starting I mean, tomorrow this, night. The Wizards are going to be a heavy favorite Tuesday. I we don't know if John's going to play or come uh, back. Listed as questionable. Yeah, I mean he could could be back. He might not. Um, I think with or without Wall, I think this Wizards team will be a fairly big favorite. To, uh, after they just beat Toronto to take care of Dallas. But, I mean, just keep repeating it. You never know. You have to come up and show up. And, you know, the Wizards have lost two in a row at home, which, you know, we felt like this could be a single-digit home, yeah. you know, losing single digits at home all year. So you can't, you know, these next four have got to be four you take care of. If you're, if you want to be who you say you are, you know, a top team in the East, you take care of all four of these games. Uh, I don't know how pretty they'll all be. I don't know if they'll all be blowouts, but you find ways to to beat these four teams. I mean, these I would be shocked if any one of these four teams is in the playoffs this year. So uh, these are four teams you you know you you got to take care of. Yeah, it's the start. It's the start of really. If you look, I mean, we don't need to speculate the entire month, but well, but I'm going to do it anyway right now. <laughs> um, if you look at these first four games, it's the start to really a month where the Wizards will want to make some hay. I mean, looking at the, the schedule, there's a back-to-back with Toronto and Milwaukee. It's going to be very tough. But there's a lot of team a, a road back-to-back. And the road say. back-to-back against Minnesota and uh, Philly won't be easy either. Yeah. Well, it's the front the, your, the front half of this. That's where you want to get these wins because the second half of the November is certainly not as going to be as easy right. as the first half. Yeah. Um, so that's 
that's why these that's this, why these these are the games you want to take. I care mean, of. wins wise, these you, it, you know there aren't four teams playing. The Lakers are playing okay, but other than that, these next these next four game teams. I mean, th- th- wins and loss wise, they are not good teams right now. And yeah. you are go- you, there's not a one of these that you're going to go into and say this isn't a game that we should have. Yeah, for sure. And the Wizards have already seen the Lakers this season and the Kings. So there's familiarity with just recent matchups, and I think we know that this team always gets up to play the Hawks. So I don't think there will be any motivation lacking. I'm sure the team will be aware of their struggles against the Mavericks. If not, we'll make sure they know so they get a little <laughs> extra motivation. Uh, but Give our guys some bulletin board material. Yeah. Uh, but for now, uh, that's all we got for today's podcast. Before getting to this interview with Rachel Nichols, uh, Jeremy Jamoke, and Jacob sat down with her. And uh, it's a good one. You guys will not want to miss that. So that's coming up on uh, the other side of this podcast. So we'll talk to you again on Thursday before the Lakers game and hopefully after a win over the Mavericks. Ciao for now, WizKids. What's up, WizKids? And welcome to another edition of Off the Bench. Jamoke Davis here with Jacob Raymond, Jeremy Hyman. And joining us is a very special guest, DMV's own and an ESPN host personality, one of the my favorite people that I watch. Love the jump, Rachel Nichols. Everybody, thank you very much. Thank I you very much it. for thank joining you, us. Thank you. This is uh, really exciting to have you back here. A Montgomery County, Maryland product. That's what I'm talking Ditto. about. There you go. How about Ditto. that? Nice. nice. Now we yeah. You're Churchill yeah. High School. You know the whole. I got the whole thing. I'm DC. <laughs> Jeremy, you're the only one I'm, not I'm from here. I'm a transplant, here. but mm. that's okay. We, we won't talk to you the rest of the podcast. That's fine. <laughs> 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 so first, uh, before we get into basketball, mm-hmm. I just want to know, when you come back here, mm-hmm. where's the first place you're like, I got to go? I gotta <laughs> you know go. what? I, this, is gonna, this, this will sound silly, but it's actually the truth. Um, I really like just walking around. Like the idea of, I mean, this is a beautiful city. Mm-hmm. And I grew up here, and then I came back to work here in my 20s to work for the Washington Post. And I think I got a little, you know, you, you just kind of take it all for granted, right? Mm-hmm. And then I moved away, and every time I come back, I want to, I mean, I do this stupid thing. I walk on the mall. I do <laughs> the, you know, even just walking down Pennsylvania and like seeing the, the, just the different buildings. Like it's pretty, I mean, it, I've lived in New York. I now live in LA. Nothing looks like Washington DC looks like. That's right. And you. and for me, it's it's just especially now it's seventy degrees today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, November. Um, so it was pretty awesome. <laughs> I did that today. You and uh, Coach Brooks have that in common. He walks the mall almost every day. No, yep. I mean it's really it's still really nice. Yeah, it's still good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I still like. I mean, I'm I'm a transplant. I you know I do it every now and then too. If people yep. come to visit, it's always. It's just a cool experience, and yeah. it's always fun. You always kind of see something maybe you didn't see the last time. It's a, it is a fun thing to do. Yeah. So speaking of fun thing to do, covering basketball, yes. we have the Washington Wizards here. This is going to be a fun year. What is your impression of this team? I feel like they're ready to go, right? I mean, we thought maybe last year they'd make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. They certainly came close. Um, so I would think that's the benchmark for them this year is can they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. They certainly think they can. Um, I like seeing that confidence. That's what you want, right, mm-hmm. um, if you're a fan. And they certainly have the talent to do it. So the big issue for them has been, you know, executing and the bench, right? So yeah. if they can get those two things at the right time yeah. against the big teams in the big games, then they'll, <laughs> they'll go far. But I mean, that's, you know, I mean, they have, the, they, they have the thing that's hardest to get, which is the guys who could do it, mm-hmm. right? So they have superstar level player in John Wall. They have a real strong complimenting guys to him in the starting five. And then it's just a matter of like, can they put it all together? 
And that's what we've talked about kind of this all off season now at the beginning of this season is how exciting it is right now to be a Wizards fan because you have the guys. And not only do you have them, but how you got them. Mm -hmm. You drafted these guys. These are like, they feel like they're our guys. And that's, I fear a fan, if you are a fan, I feel like that is so much fun to sort of watch them grow together. And the players feel like that too, right? Which is kind of nice. Yeah, true, very true. Absolutely, and and they feel like they're your guys. Like yeah, that's yeah, that's a, yeah. that makes a difference. And yeah. now you know, and this is sort of John City. He feels like this mm-hmm. is he's sort of the face of the sports, you know, mm-hmm. of, of this city now. Absolutely. And that's and that's I just think that that you know, this is my seventh year here. I've been here almost for John's whole career. So to see it all sort of transpire like that, it's been it's been exciting to cover, and it's mm-hmm. just a fun time I think now to be a Wizards fan. Um, if we can, so, sort of related to that, and something mm-hmm. that you said, and if you watched. Uh, Rachel's episode of the jump with John and Brad at three o'clock on Friday. Uh, John and Brad, as they kind of casually do with their sort of <laughs> confidence, uh, it's it it sounded casual, and I you know we see it kind of all the time, but I know on the national stage they don't get to see it like that all the time. But they from you know they said some things. They say they say things, and they do it in a <laughs> yeah, way that yeah. I'm just kind of like, yeah, that's John and Brad. And like, <laughs> they think they're the best, and why not? Why right? And I'm just curious from not if you think they're the best, mm-hmm. but just sort of this age of with social media and the digital age that we're in, how stuff like that it comes from your show, which is mm-hmm. very popular, and you know, and by the time the game starts at seven o'clock, all over Twitter and everywhere is you know, is this the best team in the East? And John and Brad, are they the best backcourt? Or are they, you know, sure. they're going to, all that stuff. I'm just curious, what do you, how do you sort of take all that stuff and, and how does it affect your job? Well, I, I, first of all, I like hearing that kind of stuff from them. As I said, if I was a fan of this team, I would want them to feel that way. I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm psyched to hear it. And also just as a fan of the NBA, I'm psyched to hear it. These aren't the nuclear codes, right? If, right. if they end up being wrong, no one's going to die. So <laughs> yeah. it's okay for them to go out on a limb <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And, and have it just be fun and yeah. not, not life-threatening. So I'm psyched when they say stuff like that because I think it's fun. You want to see guys have a little bravado. That's what sports is about. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the next sentence is, okay, go prove it. Yeah. And they will have the chance to do that this year. I mean, it's funny. Them saying, oh, we think we're the best team in the East during training camp was one thing. Now with the Cavs who came into the game with the Wizards struggling, um, not doing so well, it's sort of like, oh, well, okay, maybe they have something there. Of course, Boston is putting its own foot down right now in the East. Um, But, but, you know, they also said today on the jump, and I know that they've said versions of this before, but again, you get in front of a national TV audience uh, that they think the Cavs tanked out of that number one seed (laughs) in the playoffs (laughs) to to not see them until the Eastern (laughs) Conference Finals. That made a few headlines today as well. So, you know, again, It's fun, right? If we if we can't have fun with this stuff, the people who are tearing their hair out about, I can't believe they said that. <laughs> I mean, there's there's some serious stuff going on in our country. Anyone who works in or lives in Washington D.C. is aware of that. So oh, take yeah. the take the fun wins when you can get it. Yeah. <laughs> you look at the um, at the Wizards roster, and you know you see the starting five, and it's been it's been pretty dominant. And yep. it's no secret that one of our issues has been the bench. Who do you? What do you see from that bench this season so far? And who do you see as being a guy that you feel really has to step up? And we'll say other than Kelly Oubre. I was going to say. I mean, to me, he's he's kind we'll of say, the guy. We'll that say you other than look Kelly at. Oubre, someone that um, you think that you look at this roster from an outsider's, where you know, so around them all the right. time, from an outsider's perspective of that's a guy that 
on the second unit needs to perform. Yes. I mean, look, I would actually say that everyone there meets that qualification because what you really need from your bench is consistency. Yeah. You need mm. to be able to rely on that. Mm -hmm. So whether it's the first guy off the bench or the third guy off the bench, you really can't be like, oh, this guy needs to do well. Because to me, what the Wizards have been lacking is that go-to consistency and that feeling when the starters come off the floor, there isn't panic. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that, that's we panic. You need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, but that's, no. I, I mean, we've seen it and we've seen them in flashes even last year the, yeah, you know, they played we well at mm -hmm. times but it's the consistency I kid I joke right, right. And, and to me Kelly's you know fascinating because uh, oh, yeah. I think that he really has the potential to have this be a real breakout I mean I don't know who breakout he kind of mm -hmm. broke out a little bit last year, but mm -hmm. yeah, more of a breakout season for yeah. him. I think there is potential to move up a level in, in this season for him. So you work with our one of our most memorable players, even for a short amount of time, yes. and season, plays. He made his one mark season, sure. <laughs> made his mark. You know, it's funny. I was with, you're talking about Paul Pierce. Yes. He was with us today on the show, and uh, he's with me often in the studio. And we were talking about that with him and Brad Beal and John Wall, that he was only here a season, but he feels like he was more of a wizard than a Brooklyn net, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously his time in, in Boston will be his, that's how he will be remembered. And he yeah. has this uh, tie to LA because he's from there and he spent a couple seasons now with the Clippers. But uh, to me, the, the season in Washington made a bigger footprint than one season would indicate. And it was fun being in the building with him today because you expect some of the people who work in the building, security guys, you know, uh, stadium arena workers to know him. He remembers everyone's Everybody. name. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like he was pointing to people, being, "Hey, hey, I'm back!" Whatever. I mean, that, that that's impressive. A that he does that, and B it was it was fun to see that he was excited to be back here. Yeah. During our um, during our playoff run last year, our guys referenced constantly what Paul Pierce had preached to them during yeah. the playoff run two mm -hmm. seasons ago, and he so his mark is still very much on this team, especially on. John and Brad and um, and the leadership that he he really taught them. Yeah, I mean, I think he helped give them, you know, that confidence that, again, we now say, we, people are so, oh, yeah, they, they got confidence, yeah, right? Yeah. But I think that, honestly, he helped them with that because they were such a young team beforehand and the East, you know, had the Cavaliers being so dominant or the Heat, you know, whatever LeBron's team was, mm -hmm. so dominant that I think the Wizards, until Paul got here, there wasn't that feeling of, oh, yeah, we could really do this. We could play in that league. We're more in the upstart team league. Mm -hmm. yeah. And Paul Pierce had the experience of winning a title and sort of Paul Pierce doesn't take a backseat to anyone. And <laughs> yeah. sort of was like, no, 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 we're not in the upstart team league. We're in the yeah. top, top, yeah. big boys league. That's <laughs> yeah. where we play. And I think that since that season that John and Brad and, and a lot of the people around the team feel that way, and that's great. Do you feel that with guys like Paul who just came off the court into the studio. Are yeah. you like having to coach them? Do they like have a hard time going from a player to understanding what it's like in the media? You know, it's interesting. Players, uh, either they're interested in this job or they're not. Right. Mm -hmm. So if they're if they're not and you have to coax them into it, they're not good because they don't really want to say they don't want to come out and say stuff. Yeah. Right. If you're a guy like Paul who's never had a hard time saying anything saying about anyone, yeah. he loves give me that microphone. He's he's excited to do it. He has no problem going out on a limb or, or saying what he thinks. The the people that get a little bit tougher is that we have uh, ex coaches who are maybe out of season yeah. and mm. want to come and do some media or ex GMs who are out of season and maybe you can tell they eventually want another job and they're so careful. And, yeah. and sort of everyone's great and everything's yeah. great because they don't want to offend anyone. Don't know who's thinking where your next job is going to be. Which, I mean, again, I yeah. get, but then maybe this isn't for you in the meantime. Go be a scout or go take the year off and, you know, grow grapes or do yeah. whatever. But yeah, um, but yeah so, so, you know, but then some people come off being a coach or GM and look, we've got Jeff Van Gundy, yeah. you know, yeah. on the court uh, mm -hmm. for this game and, and he has no problem saying what he thinks. So some people are good <laughs> at it and don't have an issue. But some people you can tell one another job. Players who were 
retire, though, because they're not in that situation. Mm-hmm. We've had good luck with. Who's yeah. a who's a guy in the league right now that you cover that you'd want to see on the jump with you someday? Um, I'm just trying. You know, well, it's funny. We have a we have a running joke with Vince Carter, okay. who is Tracy McGrady's cousin. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, Tracy was our sort of founding player analyst on the mm-hmm. jump. He's like my core guy, um, and uh, Vince is great. But he's never going to retire. Well, that's so. so right. So we've had Vince come in and like join the show for the playoffs after he's gotten eliminated. Now for a couple seasons, like since we got in the air for a couple seasons yeah. in a row, and he's fantastic, and he's not afraid to say anything, and he and Tracy together are amazing, and whatever. And he's like, yeah, yeah, next season, I'm going to retire. <laughs> We're going to do it next season, and then he plays another season, and then no, 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 next se- next season, Rach, I'm, I'm going to come do it. <laughs> and then I just saw him this summer. We had a party for Tracy when he made the Hall of Fame. Um, I should say his wife had a party. I just was an attendee and very happy to do so. Um, but there was a party for Tracy, and Vince was of course there, and. I I was like, all right, this is it. This is the last season. He was like, maybe two. <laughs> maybe two. <laughs> he sees Ichiro in baseball. Right? Like, I can do it. I right? Do exactly. It. It's but unbelievable. Yeah, there's so many guys now yeah, in the Tom league Brady, who are, like, who are what fun. The yeah. yeah. There's so many guys now in the league who are fun and I think who are with their own social media, um, yeah. maybe embracing hmm. mm-hmm. hearing their voice a little bit more. Yeah. So I think we're only going to get more and more guys coming down the pike who are maybe interested in stepping into it. Yeah. And where we just played Vince's team. Where were we? Uh, Sacramento? Yeah, Sacramento. Sorry. I was, I, we I just came off the West Coast. Like, so. right. If you, if you weren't and, here, you were in Sacramento. <laughs> it's a, that's, that's why we, well, we, were, we were playing. And this is actually a funny thing that I just observed from where I was sitting. Is It was after a whistle, and Vince went in and did a dunk. And sort of the whole, you know, the, we were beating the Kings by like 30. And all the fans kind of, they <laughs> saw Just it. drop that in there. Yeah. yeah. Like well, they, they, everyone saw it, and they kind of started clapping. And you kind of heard a little bit of an ovation because they saw Vince dunk. And it's always, you know, it's Vince Carter, and he mm-hmm. dunked. Yeah, and yeah. the marching court Todd actually got up and started clapping. <laughs> <laughs> and Kelly, Kelly Oubre had to, like, grab like, his shorts and was like, March, come right, on. Right, <laughs> but Mar- I know March is a big, you know, that's one of his guys he guys, watched players growing Players yeah. love him. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's, you know, and it's fun to see that with Tracy, too. I mean, yeah. Tracy McGrady is one of those guys who we go from arena to arena with him and mm-hmm. I think fans love T-Mac and he won two scoring titles and he's kind of iconic for a particular generation this current generation of players though mm-hmm. is that sweet spot generation mm-hmm. who idolized Tracy and Kobe yep. and the two of them who were sort of battling it out yeah. for MVP and scoring titles at the same time um, so when we take Tracy to an arena you get those like other players kind of yeah. going crazy oh, over yeah. him which is I kind think of they would have been dominant if they stayed in Toronto together like, that, yeah. Tracy's wow. talked about regretting regretting that move yeah. a little bit which is yeah. kind of interesting and then you know he he had bad luck first he had bad luck when he came to Orlando Grant Hill that's when Grant Hill got injured and if they mm-hmm. had been able to play together I yeah. think it would have been I mean they would have dominated the yeah. East for a couple of years um, and then he had bad luck with his knee and it's interesting you know I was talking to T-Mac about this and certainly there's a host of Wizards slash bullet players who fall into this category you know you look at now the medical you know advances that people have made and sort of just being so much smarter about when to plan injuries and when not to and the rest and then also the rehab and you know uh balance injuries and injuries like you know where you're compensating for one thing over the other yeah and guys like Trace McGrady or Grant Hill or so many other players say god if I have been playing now yeah. That knee injury would have been yeah. six months and yeah. not five years of my life and my yeah. whole career would have been different. Yeah. So it's it's just, it's, you know, 
look, they're all doing just fine. Um, <laughs> but but that, it is, it's just an interesting well, way as you watch the league progress. It always is. That's all, I always think about that. Over the t- course of time, how much how the advancements we've made in medicine today of these guys. And that's, it's such a, it would be such an interesting point to just you know, dive into that and see what you just His think what would have been different, that yeah. kind of thing. But, you know, that's, um, the, we're lucky now. We've got this incredible group of, I mean, it's, it's, the NBA is so talent rich right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and we've got these guys who are extending their careers. I mean, we joke about Fitz Carter, but there's a lot of guys extending their careers in ways yeah. we haven't seen before, and that's just good for fans. Yeah, and if we ch- change topics a yeah. bit here, just to sort of this, how big the NBA is now, and I know you have professional relationships with a lot of these players, you know them well, you've seen their careers develop. Just we've talked, we talked a little bit about this with Brian Windhorst back mm-hmm. in training camp. Um, we've talked a few, you know, a few of these guys just that cover the league as a whole, and mm-hmm. as you as you do. So I'm just curious your sort of take on the, um, I'll just call it sort of the uh, soap opera niche <laughs> of the right? league now. I, I'm just, I try to, wor- I don't know how it's. Supposed I always to be here, here's how I say. I said the NBA is like high school. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, and like everyone's in the cafeteria, yeah. like at their different tables, <laughs> yeah. and like kind of gossiping from table to table. <laughs> um, and you know, oh, did you did you see who went out with someone? So <laughs> did you see what he said about her? Um, I, again, I, I think that is part of the league's success. I don't think it's a bad thing, and mm-hmm. it is again. This, these are not the nuclear codes. Like yeah. this is fun. It's okay to have fun in sports. I covered the NFL. I covered the NHL. I covered that. It was the Caps beat writer for the Washington Post. Um, is it I the would, Caps? Year. I was oh <laughs> exactly. <my. laughs> All caps. It's always All caps. it's always our year, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I will say the NBA of all the leagues that I've covered up close um, embraces the fun. From mm-hmm. social media, mm-hmm. right, and like letting even just something simple like the NBA is a league lets fans and websites and everybody else blogs share video clips yeah. mm-hmm. without fear of being sued, mm-hmm. which is not the same as many sports leagues. The NFL mm-hmm. told even its own teams right. they couldn't share clips of their players to the point of where I think it was like the Cleveland Browns and one other maybe the Bengals yeah. or someone who put like little puppets yeah. to yes. replay <laughs> the yeah. right yeah. Um, <laughs> or, or something like that. Yeah. I mean, but you know, why don't you want to see Steph Curry? sink a three from you know Croatia like I mean you know (laughs) like I I just I I think I think the NBA has embraced fun and that goes with all those fun storylines and the gossip and the who said who about what and Mm -hmm. all of that and I do think too that the fact that in the NBA you can see the players faces they're not Mm -hmm. weighed down by equipment they're not covered up Mm -hmm. you can sit if you're if you're rich if you're fancy you can sit courtside Um, uh, but even there isn't really a bad seat in the house and you can you can connect with them so it's easier for anyone to be like oh did you hear what John said yeah you might not know John Wall, but you, you know, you feel like you do because you've seen him face to face. And I think that that makes it easier to sort of, oh, did you hear what John said about so-and-so in a different, in a different way than with other teams and other leagues. As a fan Mm -hmm. of the sport, when you were growing up, did you have, which by the way, we share birthday months on October 29th. There you go. October 18th. Yes. Um, Happy belated. Well, thank you. (laughs) Did you have a favorite player or play a memory from bullets wizards bullets. oh well so um i i grew up thinking the bullets were going to get back to being they had won a title recently enough when i was a kid to being like oh yeah they're going to be good again and then slowly through my teen years realizing that would just never happen for that franchise um, <laughs> but the name change and the arena change has brought more more success than when i was a bullets fan um growing up or whatever i mean i you know i i Love the NFL 
because of the team here and they won three yeah. Super Bowls, I think in, I'm, I'm going to get this wrong, I want to say in a 15-year span or 12-year span or whatever it was. 91. And then when... And 91 yeah. was the last one. Was the one, right. last one. There was so one before. One before 80, that. There was one when I was 80, like a little 86? kid. Where they, where they, they like, Earlier, they beat the Dolphins. Right. Yeah. And then 83. 83. Yeah. 83. Exactly. 91. That yep. sounds right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, so yeah. So, I mean, that obviously you feel like, oh, you know, and the Hogs and, and yeah. you know, mm-hmm. Jeff Theismann and Riggins and, you know, later Doug. And, and I mean, just all the, right. Exactly. But no, I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, I mean, you know, the, the, the just iconic, right? So, yeah. um, if you grew up around here. So, yeah, so yeah. yeah. So it was a fun time to be a kid in Washington, D.C. And, I don't know. It's funny. I've heard so many times when people complain about attendance, maybe for hockey or, or basketball games, they say, oh, Washington's a transient town yeah. and people don't whatever. I never, growing up, it felt like, no, we, we liked our teams. I don't know. So I, I don't know. I don't know how, what translates into what. Maybe it's just if the teams were good, people would come to see them. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it didn't feel transient to me in that way. It felt like, no, we liked our teams just as much as anyone else liked their teams. Okay. Gosh darn it. We're celebrating, <laughs> speaking of championships, we're celebrating 40th anniversary yes. of the Bullets Championship. Yes. So I was hoping that, and shout out to Jeff for helping to set up this interview. The okay. Producer Jeff Anderson, Jeff awesome Anderson, producer for yes. ESPN. Um, can we get a Bullets clip on Distant Replay? Oh, I would like that. You know what we have had on, on, on The Jump, which is the Bullets theme song? Yes. The Bullet Man. No, You the Man, not Bullets Fever. Not Bullets Fever. Bullets Fever is the Neil's Law. You the Man. You the Man is the one that we have. Yeah. I was I was going down memory lane of my Bullets childhood and played that for everybody because I felt it was important the nation see it. Thank you very much. And if you listening have not seen it, pause this podcast, go to YouTube. You will come back and thank us. Um, uh, I would like a distant replay. I will. I will certainly urge them to do so. Unfortunately, you know what's hard is that the way the records were kept before yeah. the changeover to the Wizards, it's harder to say. Oh, this happened on this date. The NBA started keeping things by date at a certain yeah. time, and yes. that's after the change to the Wizards. So that's why I don't see that many bold clips on okay. distant replay. Okay. But I, I will. I will lodge the request with those who make those decisions. <laughs> we'll, s- we'll send you some <laughs> clips that maybe. Oh yeah, work. there you go. That uh, would be another great. one. Can we do a sick dime segment <laughs> you, with John Wall? Just show all of his dimes. Okay, you yeah. got a lot of requests. Yeah. Yeah. It's just these two. Just these two. I didn't that's want to it. bog it down. No, no, no. Well, <laughs> here's what we did. Here's what we did. We did um, Zach Lowe, who is fantastic, who works with us at ESPN, mm-hmm. um, did a whole piece on uh, John's passing and how his vision is, is underrated and that people always talk about his speed and mm-hmm. obviously, you know, Remember the dynamic that. stuff he does on yeah. the court, but that his passing is just uncanny and it was great. And we ran it on the jump as well. We ran it on a big countdown. So you've gotten... Yeah, we got some love. You got we some got love. Yeah, and okay. the Wizards okay. are on ESPN. That's right. The By the way, I'd like to say uh, there is there is some commentary from the Wizards players last year about not being on national TV enough, and they got there. They got what they asked for. Yeah, so they, let's they let's should. go see it, boys. Yeah, yep. Let's let's okay. see well, let's see Michelle, you do it. We'll personally work on that. Thank you very much for joining us so much, Rachel. Rachel, we really appreciate it. Had a ball. Thank you. Glad you could come home and spend time with us as well. We wish you the best and we're big fans of the jump thank and you we'll continue For to sure. watch it whiz kids you watch it on espn and continue to follow the podcast off the bench i will i want to say i'm going to give one, yeah, plug, one plug which is that um if you have the espn app you and you have something silly like a job where you can't watch tv at yeah. three o'clock in the yeah. afternoon um you can go to your espn app and watch the jump in full replay on the app ding, instead ding, ding. 
There so if you insist on keeping your gainful employment and are not available to watch TV at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, there just go. go to your phone once you get home from work okay. and you'll be happy. We All just right. watched it live. We did. We, we did. basketball. Yes. And <laughs> I watched it from the 400 level as well, you, you were go. taping <laughs> it as well. So that was really good. Not everybody okay. can do that. No. no, <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, WizKids. Hope you enjoyed this podcast with Rachel Nichols for Jeremy Hyman and Jacob Rain. Ciao for now. So that's all we've got here from today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed our interview with Rachel Nichols and uh, some breaking down of recent games. Again, we've got Dallas, L.A., Atlanta, Sacramento coming up. So come on down uh, to Capital One Arena and please help us out. Give us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, Give us a review. Make it positive. And uh, we look forward to speaking with all of you on Thursday before the Lakers game and hopefully after a Mavericks victory. Ciao for now, WizKids. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.